Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. So on tonight's episode, we're going to be jumping into the first part of the Lannister faction for the 2020 uh, release. Uh, we're going to be discussing the units, the NCUs, and the um, attachments that go in the opponent's unit. So uh, because there is only... Uh, we're not going to be discussing the stuff that we've already seen in the vision. So with that said, there I believe there's only one NCU, and uh, you know we're just kind of rolling that into this episode. Uh, but even with that said, it's probably still going to be a three-parter because uh, their Lannisters have so many attachment options that part two is probably going to be an entire show of attachments, and then the third show will be uh, for commanders. So. Uh, I want to thank uh, you know Justin for coming on tonight, and then we have a very special guest. Uh, I do apologize if I mispronounce your name, uh, Vlad. Yes, you you uh, pronounced it well. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, huge pleasure to be uh, a part of your uh, of your uh, discussion, and I'm very honored to be invited to the show. Yeah, of course. And uh, so, if you don't mind, uh, before we jump into the show, uh, you know, if you want to kind of, you know, tell everyone a little bit about your, you know, gaming experience and whether it be uh, just your uh, gaming experience uh, in general or and or, um, you know, your experience in Ice and Fire and maybe some of the factions that you like to play the most. Sure. Uh, it was it all started as a child. In the, in my family, we used to play a lot of games: uh, Remy's, uh, chess, uh, Bagamore, You know, like the basics. And uh, after that, we uh, with my fr- my brother, my 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 cousins. Uh, when we grew up, we switched to more competitive uh, uh, games. I do not know for adapted to our age, like Napoli, uh, Risk Commander, uh, you know, like, and the things uh, evolved in the in the way that uh, today I am, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can be addicted to, to this game, to a song and Ice Empire. Uh, I discovered the game uh, nearly two years uh, ago. Uh, I have a close friend uh, in the world. First four uh, starter set. He had a double uh, free folk starter, uh, Night's Watch, plus the Lannisters and the Stark. So he invited me a lot of times to to his place. We played uh, a lot of games, and he wanted to introduce me to another Ice on Fire. Uh, it's easy because I was a huge fan of the TV series. So uh, one thing to another, uh, we we started playing uh, uh, probably three or four months, uh, thirty point games uh, to learn the basics. Uh, we find it difficult enough because some rules were not so uh, uh, clear. But uh, it made me very curious, so I uh, 
started contacting uh, a lot of content creators on the on the internet, uh, and, and that's how I uh, managed to find your uh, your podcast. Uh, since then, I, I can say that uh, uh, I own uh, Stark, Lannisters, and Neutrons, uh, fully developed, like uh, at least two uh, units of each, with uh, some units that I have. Uh, three unit boxes of each and uh, in the previous ver- versions of the game I've uh, managed to to master the the faction in a, a decent competitive level if I can if I can say that yeah awesome yeah so uh it's always nice to kind of have different perspectives, especially, you know, from, you know, people that uh, are, you know, different country, different, you know, different meta, you know, because sometimes, you know, you kind of get uh, stuck in your own, your own little meta sometimes, you know, I know, you know, with everything going on, not a lot of people have gotten a chance to travel. And with that said, when you're only able to play with your gaming group, you know, you kind of get this certain mindset, a certain play style kind of, you know, ingrained into your play style. And it's always nice to have perspectives from, you know, a, a diverse, uh, you know, group of people. So I do uh, definitely appreciate you coming on. So with that said, uh, we can jump right into uh, the uh, the units. First up, we're going to talk about um, Maimed Jamie. If I can find him here. All right, so Jamie Lannister, maimed hostage. Uh, He has been changed to have two innate abilities. Uh, First one is valuable captive. This unit gets plus one morale test rolls. When Jamie is destroyed, your opponent gets uh, one victory point. And then also an innate ability, vengeful captive. While your opponent controls the crown, this unit suffers minus one to hit. So... I want to point out, you know, after having finally read the books, uh, or not all of them, I'm, I'm through the third book, but, you know, they, I feel like reference in the books a lot more than in the show. Uh, the, you know, people caring about Jamie being captured, not just Cersei, like everyone on the Lannister side is talking about it, I feel like, all the time. And so... Uh, Jamie is such a valuable captive that the vengeful captive part um, really makes it, you know, in my opinion, make a lot of sense that while you control the crown, while you're in power, they can't really do anything to you. You know, they, you're a captive that's too valuable to, you know, assassinate or, you know, do whatever uh, that type was it the Karstarks, you know, wanted him assassinated uh, or, you know, not assassinated, but, uh, you know, put to death. And I feel like these two abilities just fit really well. You have Jamie kind of doing whatever he can to screw things up for you. And so that's where that minus one comes into. And then I do like that it gives plus one to morale, Um, you know, because at two points, I think he would just be a little too much. At one point, um, I think it would be too strong. The fact that you're giving 
your enemy a plus one morale, I think is a nice uh, way to make him worth uh, well worth his one point. Um, that also means I think he's going to mesh really well with Joffrey NCU, uh, being able to always control that crown. Um, Justin, what are you kind of what are you thinking about this guy? I think he's uh, <clears throat> sorry. I think he's well worth his one point. Also, um, Lannisters more than any faction want the crown, so more often than not, they're going to take it. Not to mention, the crown's an easy spot to take because people don't want the crown. Like no one else wants the crown. Maybe there's like little things in <laughs> Baratheons and stuff, but that the crown's effect is not really something most people care about. And especially right now uh, with Panic doing. I'm not going to say only doing D3, because I think Panic's at a really good spot, personally. Um, but with Panic doing D3 damage, that spot has just gotten worse. Um, so it's like the only incentive you have to take it is to stop them from taking it. And is that worth the trade-off of not getting the spot you want? Probably not. So his minus one to hit is something that is fairly consistent. And crap, man, I'll, I'll pay one point just for that. I mean, yeah, the plus one morale test on a unit can hurt you, but you can also put it on a unit where plus one morale is not really going to do anything, and that one victory point, like, in a game that you only played a ten, two victory points for killing a unit is a huge swing. So, uh, I like it a lot, especially if you put it on, like, a glass cannon unit that's easy to kill, and then you take away their offensive punch a bit. Totally cool. Now, how about the fact of how thematic it is uh the fact that it says when jamie is destroyed you get one victory point so uh lannister's access to um uh expert, to duelist. expert duelist is jamie if you run vargo the guy who cuts his hand off in your lannister list you can snipe uh jamie with Vargo to get that victory point. That would be super Not only cool. that, Vargo, <laughs> Vargo does it, I believe in the books, he, he doesn't know that he's already swapped sides, I believe, right? When he cuts his hand off, but by the time he realizes things have already been set in motion that, um, that he really shouldn't have done it, if I'm not mistaken. Like, uh, at that point, I don't remember. Roos has already made, like, the deal... Um, they just haven't said anything about it. No, Vargo, um, I believe, switched sides to the Lannisters afterwards. Um, so, like, Vargo well, stopped did. working. Yeah, I don't I don't actually fully remember the chronological order of events in that case, but I do really like the fact that Vargo can kill him and get that extra point. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Vlad, what do you, easy what do you think him. about... What do you think about name Jamie here? Hmm. So it shows that he's still here, but he's messaging me saying that uh, the connection is off. Um, if you can hear me, Vlad, why don't you uh, disconnect and then uh, and I'll have you jump back in. Um, while we wait for that, I'll jump over to the next uh, um, uh, thing here to talk about, and then when uh, when you jump back in, I'll I'll have you talk about Jamie and uh, the turncoat here. So next up, we have the turncoat. Again, a one point attachment that you can throw into your opponent's unit. Uh, he has the sabotage and sub 
subvert. Once per game, at the start of any turn, your opponent may deal this unit one wound. Remove this model. If they do, they place one condition token on this unit, and it may not use orders or be the target of friendly tactics cards this turn. So I think a very uh, good one-point investment in the right list. I don't think he's so good that you're going to want him all the time. Uh, but one thing I wanted to point out, I know this has been kind of an argument uh, that we've, uh, you know, seen on, on the forums and on the Facebook, but if you take 12 turncoats and put them all in the same unit, people have argued that because the ability says once per game, you can only use one of them. My argument would be, in the rule book, it says every attachment is an extension to the unit. So if you use the ability once per game, you could then use the next one once per game and the next one once per game and the next. The They say, well, you can't use the same named abilities, but that's for stacking. Uh, because you're not triggering all these at the same moment in time, uh, if you just trigger them the start of different turns, there's no reason why um, you couldn't use this ability over and over and over. Now, with that in mind, you'd have to spend 12 points to kill your opponents at most, I think, at this point that we we know of, 8-point unit. Um, I mean, I guess if they have an attachment, but if they have an attachment, you can only put 11 in there. But uh, even then, even with an attachment, I mean, an 8-point unit, and at most, most of the time you're going to see only maybe one or two points. You're still spending more points. It could pay off, but I don't know. Um, you could then end up facing an all-cavalry list. Um, but that's my opinion. Um, I don't think there's been an official ruling. I just don't see how uh, just because it's once per game and it has a name doesn't mean that having multiple of them would mean that the unit, you know, you, you would have different boxes. You know, this box would be repeated on your unit multiple times for as many posts as you have. So, but that's my opinion about it. Um, Justin, what do you what do you think about, I guess, that in particular and, and the guy and his ability? I mean, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about the once per game thing. I feel like obvious... Without getting into exactly how it's worded, I feel like it's obvious that they don't really want it to be more than one per unit. Uh, you'd also just be straight up crazy to want to kill an entire unit with just cut th or with the uh, turncoats. That would just be the biggest waste of time in everyone's life. Um, but I don't know. For one point, like I feel like he can definitely be the reason a unit dies in the right situation, but he. I feel like the learning, I don't know if learning curve is the right word here, or just the situation is going to be far and few between where his one point is going to be the value of killing a unit or not. I think he's just going to be hard to use, but in the right situations, he's easily worth one point. But, man, I do not think that the intent, the intention of him was to stack him in a unit to kill it at all. Like, that just, <laughs> that's terrible design. Yeah, it should it should just simply say on the other side of them, limit one one per unit. You know, 
let someone run five of them and put one in every unit, assuming they have five infantry units. But, uh, yeah, they should simply just put a limit one per per unit um, or one, you know, one turncoat per unit because uh, I think uh, rules as, like, written, like the, the you know, that you'd be able to stack a bunch of them and use them all, but I think the it was never the intent. Yeah, but uh, I agree. I, I mean, because there's there's so many other precedents that I mean, someone could argue that well, the other ones don't say once per game, but you know, a lot of people always try to say that uh, they try to equate you know multiple effects happening at the same trigger, but resolving one after the other as stacking but a stacked effect is only only matters if they're happening simultaneously at the same moment for example like um uh in, uh intimidating presence you know you can't use two intimidating presence on the same unit because that would be stacking and and they're stacking because they're continuously happening at the same moment but if you know, you had two abilities that weren't, let's say, orders or taxes cards from the hand, and one complete, uh, would trigger and completely resolve, and then the next one would happen and then completely resolve, that would be completely different. That wouldn't be stacking. Um, yeah, yeah. See, totally. uh, Vlad, That'd be sequential, Vlad right? are, you, uh, are you back in yes, here? Yes, I'm awesome. Awesome. I don't know what happened. I was uh, thrown out of the the connection, but uh, I am back in. Yes. Awesome. So uh, we went on to the turncoat, but I still want to hear your opinion. If you want to uh, give your opinion on uh, Jamie Lannister and the turncoat, one after the other, uh, you can go um, go ahead. Uh, I really like that uh, he comes uh, from uh, for one point. His uh, previous uh, version, uh, we know that uh, he caused and he will always do uh, the three hits on the unit you, you'll put it in. But sadly enough, uh, those hits uh, can uh, could manage to, to kill him before uh, you manage to, to destroy the unit. So sometimes were was very hard uh, to to grab the bigger point. Um, as I see him, a uh, strategic piece because uh, he will uh, work at good on the right side. So uh, knowing that uh, you're referring to the 1.6, right? Exactly. Because the, now, the now, yeah, about the hit, okay. yes, it, it, it was the previous uh, version. But now. Uh, is the vengeful captive uh, ability uh, that also works on uh, range attacks. I, I find uh, the area very useful, uh, knowing that the, the, the next uh, uh, favorizes this uh, gameplay where you can uh, uh, profit well uh, with, uh, with your uh, range attack units. Uh, I do not really like that he's uh, more fast, but I can understand that one did uh, ability 
that uh, we've seen to do another um, uh, character that uh, exists in the start Yeah, the the minus one to hit on a ranged unit could be pretty big, uh, especially if someone is trying to supplement some Stormcrow archers in there. You know, hit, having your archers hit on fives uh, could be pretty, uh, you know, devastating. So I think uh, him in the right unit can really, you know, you can really get that point worth out of him because giving a plus one morale to a, a ranged unit is, you know, unless you're planning to somehow panic bomb them, you know, that plus one morale is going to be a lot less impactive for them. And granted, you know, you won't be able to kill them as quickly usually uh, for that extra victory point. But, I mean, if you're taking that unit essentially out of the game anyways, then, it, you know, it's really not as big of a loss. And eventually, without their, you know, their line might crumble a little faster and you might get to that range unit and then get that victory point anyways. Yes, think, think about uh, putting him in a Bastard's Girls unit and now they will... Uh... Even their melee attacks down one point, so yeah, it it be a mess to to your plan. And, uh, he he sticks very well to the Lannister strategy for game. Yeah, play. that would be yeah. that'd be horrible. Uh, I mean, granted, hitting on fours isn't the end of the world, but if they're trying to pull off their combo, I mean, four dice hitting on fours for ranged and then charging in six dice hitting on fours with rerolls, I mean, you're still going to make a, a decent dent in some units, but you're, it's, I mean, the big thing about Bastard Girls is the, their potential to just cripple in, uh, almost any unit they want with that vulnerable token and shooting charging, but minus one to hit on both. I mean, that's huge. Uh, so what do you think about the turn code here? Uh, I think it, uh, it, it, it all sticks with your, your, your opponent's uh, gameplay. Uh, he can be very useful as uh, when on your own action as, as well uh, on your opponent's activation. Uh, the best uh, place that I uh, think you will go in is the uh, uh, Mother of Dragons unit, where you will uh, attach uh, Daenerys uh, Targaryen. Uh, I've seen a lot of Targaryens uh, using her in the uh, Solid Pikeman unit, so uh, uh, it's a nightmare to, to charge those guys from the flank, from the front. Uh, that uh, you have your turn code there, it, you can trigger it uh, uh, when do you want. Uh, uh, it will help you, help you a lot. It will make your opponent want to post his unit uh, as before. Another uh, another awesome place to put him, because I know a lot, I've seen a lot of Baratheon players been throwing Elden in uh, some Stagnites throwing this turncoat in there, you know, just trying to whittle them down a bit, you know, get them down like six wounds, and then try to charge in there with something that has thundering. Uh, I don't know, halberdiers or uh, maybe warrior sons with a faith token active. 
and use this. And now you can, uh, they won't get their orders, uh, the resilience order. You won't be able to play any tactics cards to heal up with, uh, I think, Baratheon Justice. You'll be able to place a vulnerable token on them, uh, hitting them with thundering and rerolls. Um, whether or not you charged, if it's Warrior Sons, because they get rerolls with that Faith token as well. I mean, you could really put the nail in the coffin for that unit, you know, that normally, you know, would be nearly unkillable. Uh, so I think turncoats definitely have their place. Uh, I personally probably wouldn't run more than one. Uh, it is a hefty investment even at one point, but I think uh, it's one of those that it, it'll be a nice ace, you know, ace in the pocket uh, to have for, you know, like a key unit. And the nice part is, I believe, I think the turncoat is after, yep, after deployment. So even if uh, you're unsure of what, what unit to put them in, you'll be able to deploy all your stuff and then, uh, you know, kind of figure out from there where you want to, where you want to put them. Uh, I definitely like the fact that uh, these attachments, let me just double check Jamie, um, are, oh, Jamie is before deployment, but I believe uh, Brienne is after deployment. So, it is nice to see, you know, some of these attachments becoming uh, after deployment. I'm okay with Jamie, Jamie being before deployment. He, in my opinion, is a little more easy to figure out uh, where you want him, regardless of where what gets deployed. I mean, it would be nice to kind of see deployment, because especially if you're running uh, some bloody mummers or something or some skirmishers in your list and being able to put him across from a unit of uh, mummers would be uh, really devastating. I mean, using your uh, mummers to charge a, a unit with Jamie in there would be, I mean, minus two to hit is huge, especially if they're hitting on fours. If you're just like, you know, I'm going to throw it in this unit for an easy uh, victory point, you know, whether it be cutthroats or, I don't know, Stark Sworn Swords, you know, making them hit on sixes is, I mean, you're basically taking the unit out of the game uh, unless they're, like, super defensive, like uh, um, Brassian Wardens, you know, even though they'd be hitting on sixes, I mean, their defense is good enough that, you know, they could kind of sit pretty, uh, just not doing anything. Um, next up, we have the High Sparrow. He's the only NCU that we'll be talking about because the rest were all shown in the Visions and the Flame. He is a four-point NCU. He has fealty to the seven. He's an influence, uh, so when you claim a zone, attach him to a combat unit to the end of the round. When influencing an enemy, each time that enemy suffers wounds from failing panic tests, target one friendly unit in long range, they restore that many wounds up to three. Now, I have to say, the fact that this happens every time, especially with Landersers being so good with you know, causing panic tests and making those panic tests fail, High Sparrow is so strong. Uh, again, why I'm super glad that they decided to make Jacken five points because running almost any Lannister list with the Sparrow and Jacken, I mean, you'd be healing so much, it'd, I don't know, it'd just be insane, just the amount of panic tests because you could really compound this ability by running things with uh, 
visage and Lannister supremacy and causing your own panic tests and panic bombing things with, uh, you know, the crown zone and just other effects. I mean, it can already get uh, insane with just the High Sparrow. I'm just glad that they made Jack in five points because at least now you're investing nine points to try to double up on this influence. Um, Vlad, let's go with you first. What do you think about the High Sparrow and see you? They've announced that the commander NCUs will will pass on uh, on the field. Uh, I thought that his ability, the NCU, will, will still uh, same uh, the same. So I'm very glad that they've uh, changed that, and uh, I love this design. I mean, look look what a beautiful self design it has. Uh, it works very well as you did with the Lannister uh, panic uh, damage. And uh, I just played uh, my first uh, 2021 game was. Uh, uh, will gain list and I had as NCUs, I had the High Sparrow, uh, I think Cersei and uh, Ruth Bolt and uh, this guy works very very good with uh, with uh, with Ruth Bolt. It can be your uh, and you can uh, keep on uh, uh, reviving your your units and healing them up. So uh, yeah, I I just love this piece of design. It's uh, so. Uh, so so good. Yeah, it's it's a good thing you bring up about the um, NCU commanders, you know, no longer being a thing. Uh, definitely, I mean, we've talked about it a couple times now, but I love that uh, aspect. I guess the only downside to it is the whole uh, expert duelist. I don't like that now that we do have to field a field commander, that expert duelist, I feel like, is just kind of running rampant, especially with missions all giving bonuses to commanders. Um, I wish commanders had some way to protect themselves from an expert duelist. Um, but uh, with that said, I, I love the design for High Sparrow, both his commander, which we'll get into, I believe, in part three of the Lannister uh, faction, but even his influence, his influence is just so good. Uh, Justin, what do you what do you think about this NCU? Oh yeah, it's, it's wishing, really good. Wishing you had a wishing you had a uh, a neutral version. <laughs> I wish I had a neutral influence that isn't precise or precision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like ah, like I understand the need for balance with neutrals, but God, does it suck? With, like Jockin's ability is awesome, except for neutrals, it sucks. He's he's not like takeable in a neutral army because precision's not worth yeah. five points. And yeah, like exactly. what the odds of getting another influence in a neutral army is probably non existent because of balance issues. Um this influence actually bothers me because Roos has a card that does the same thing, but I can only use it twice a game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this guy can do it I mean like I would if I were a guessing man, this is popping Six to eight times a game, probably. Like, if you build oh, yeah. it. Like, Lannister Supremacy, Horrific Visage, you have two different... No, yeah, two two different... Three different ways of giving units or having a unit be run with Horrific Visage. You have Blackguard, you have Old Guys, and you have um, Ramsey Fire Attachments. Monsters. Yeah, Old Guys. 
<laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you have Ramsey attachment to make any unit that you feel like have her- horrific visage, which is a great ability. Uh, Lannister Justice, which, spread fear. Books, which we'll talk about. Spread fear, yeah. yeah no, there's, there's a million ways now. <laughs> yeah, it's chip damage, and it's good chip damage, and I like it a lot, but this is... Huh. You can like easily get like like over like close to two units worth of healing a game like and if you bring Jock in then <laughs> crazy <laughs> just crazy it's crazy super healy uh, I like it don't get me wrong it's just it seems to I'm me glad they put like the cap. well yeah I guess so I guess the ra- <laughs> the ruse card's a little better because it doesn't cap at three but. In neutrals, I can only get it, I believe, to four tops, because I think uh, the only thing I have to add a wound is um, uh, Intimidating Presence. That so, uh, Spread Fear, I believe, adds one, doesn't it? So if you add an Intimidating Presence so, actually, and yeah. then Spread Fear yeah, yeah, it does. I did the buy unit. the Champions of the Stag twice. <laughs> but that's that's a, an outlier, I think. You know, not going to happen often. Uh, I think it actually happens really often in a roost list. <laughs> I did so much damage with it. Anyways, that's that's a neutral thing. Uh, no, this guy's really good. He's really cool. I like him. Uh, it may, from just like a outside perspective, it just it looks slightly overtuned, but not crazy overtuned. I mean, like like it's not gonna no brainer win you a game. So it might just be like at that top end of balance, maybe just a little over. Uh, but I like it, and if you're, but then again, I guess uh, it does matter the army you're fighting too. Like if you're fighting a super, um, you know, like if you're fighting Night's Watch or something that's really strong against Panic, or like a Stark list built around Berserkers and stuff, like it, you may not get much to anything out of uh, your entire NCU. So I guess it could matter tremendously who you're fighting. Yep. So. Uh... Four points. I think this uh, this NCU is amazing. Uh, I could easily see it being like change it to up to four, and then make them five points. Um, you know, because four. I mean, healing four is not going to be that often because you usually have to roll high on the die. I mean, it'll happen, but I think five points and then maybe I don't know. At at four points, he's just he's so strong. I think he's still. For the most part, he's still fair, um, but I would almost say that this ability has so much potential that I think it'd be better maybe just making a slight stronger and make him five points. But I don't know. I guess they already have uh, you know Tyrion and Tywin at five and six points, so maybe they wanted to just have some more uh, four pointers in there. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about Knights of Castle Rock. Uh, they have a five move, three up to hit with a six four for their ranks, a three up defense, a six up morale. Uh, they have the Lannister Supremacy Order, the Cavalry uh, Innate, and a Lance. Lance is uh, gives them Sundering all the time, and when charging, deal plus one to hit for each remaining rank in this unit. And for Lannister Supremacy. Uh, it's after an enemy completes. It's an order now, which is after an enemy completes an attack on this unit, they target the attacker. They suffer one panic test with minus one to the roll and plus one to the wounds on failure for each remaining rank in this unit. So this unit is eight points. I'm gonna. I don't know. I've played them quite a bit actually, and I have been fairly disappointed every time. 
I, they've been very lackluster, and they never seem to pull their weight. Uh, I think really what's doing it is the fact that they only have two ranks. The whole when charging, getting plus one to hit, uh, and only getting two extra hits, and then Lancer Supremacy only ever doing the minus two, plus two. I would just rather at five points run Lancer Guardsman, throw one uh, a vet in there for intimidating presence for one point. Um, I just... I know that that unit is slow. I mean, they don't have the maneuverability this unit does. Uh, I just, I would easily take that point, that unit, and save two points because now my Lancer Supremacy is a lot more potent. Um, and uh, because I have a, a minus, if you don't kill a whole rank, then I'm making you take a panic at minus four plus four because of the intimidating presence at six points. Um, and though I may only be attacking with, I think, six dice hitting on fours, that intimidating presence, again, you know, is going to help cause panic tests and help me push through uh, the damage. Uh, I know these guys have Sundering. I just, I don't know. I, I don't think they're garbage by no means. I just, I find it hard for me to want to take them because like I said they're just kind of lackluster um, Justin what do you think of these guys especially maybe compared to uh, the other eight point ops you can take uh, the flayed men uh, well flayed men are freaking amazing this is I think <laughs> the most efficient they've ever been so it concerns me for their future but anyways uh, so I think these guys are probably fine. I think Guardsman may just be super overtuned, so it's a it's a comparison that makes these guys look like trash. <laughs> At five points, Guardsmen do like <laughs> some of the most damage in the game. Ah, oh, well, you can ignore them. Yes, let me ignore this unit that is going to get an objective because I'm pussyfooting around it. Uh, like, uh, I, I don't know. I think these guys are fine. Honestly, uh, they're they're tough. They're in this edition of Three of Say or in 2021, the Three of Save goes a long way, and uh, six of morale is nothing to shun at. Um, How dare six you? Dice, six dice hitting on threes, even when they don't charge, like that's that's perfectly normal right now. Like most units, you're looking at seven dice hitting on fours, so six dice hitting on threes is fine. Getting potential eight hits with Sundering on the charge, especially. If, Easily getting into sides and rears and stuff is solid. Lannister Supremacy is still going to do damage. Uh, it's like, like I don't understand why Lannister Supremacy adds a wound for every rank. Kind of just blows my mind, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I think these guys are fine. I think, like, you're going to want to take these guys over. Well, no, I guess Flademen are still really good. Well, you might want to take these guys if you bring Sparrow over Flademen because you have more than one potential failed panic test coming around from them uh, outside of extra attacks because of Lannister supremacy. So I think they're fine. I think it's just when you compare them to the point cost of guardsmen, you you you, shove, you shudder a little bit because doing six wounds to seven wounds on a panic test that you got attacked on is just stupid, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. I mean, like I said, these guys aren't like trash I just find it hard to want to take them and I've actually ran them like five times now uh, and they've never like done nothing but they you know for eight points I being a a uh, 
what's it called a, a you know uh, um, like a lance you know a charging cavalry you know a heavy cav or whatever that's going to want to charge in and do a lot of damage on that charge I have never really found them to do more than a normal unit would do when they charge in um, so and that's fair. I would much I would much rather I don't know see like um, you know I liked them the way they were before as far as design of more more better on the charge and worse when stuck in combat for me I think it doesn't make a lot of sense that they have sundering all the time I mean they have these long lances that I just feel like you I mean you could try to thrust it but if they're like in your face next to your horse you're not going to be able to have that ability to thrust the way you should to get that I guess sundering um, but I don't know maybe I'm just thinking too much into it um, but I don't think these guys are getting any changes anytime soon I just uh, I don't know. I would like to see him get a little buff, but uh, but yeah, Vlad, uh, what do you think uh, think about the knights here? Yes, before uh, I will uh, express myself uh, about the knights, I just wanted to add that uh, High Sparrow it uh, it attacks with the best of the combat. So uh, if you if you make your opponent uh, fail the panic test. You can restore stones, and it's a huge, huge deal in the game. Uh, okay, uh, the Knights of Castle Rock still, still look solid. I think their biggest uh, advantage is the supremacy, but uh, to make sure that uh, they do uh, a lot of damage uh, while uh, using their order. Uh, it's uh, recommended to play the Hirmir and and now you have your uh, cavalry on two ranks that can uh, can deal on supremacy damage uh, D3 plus 3 uh, I still prefer the played men uh, in front of them but they uh, state can uh, fill my list uh, to to some uh, some uh, experimental uh, game. Uh, yeah, I we'll have to kind of see where they go. Um, I mean, sundering is, in my opinion, it's my favorite keyword, especially now with. Uh, I mean, panic is a little less effective, but I suppose some of the factions, you know, increase uh, the damage a lot. So vicious can arguably be uh, really good too. Um, but Sundering, there's there's a lot of, you know, tough units out there, especially, you know, 2021 is a lot more defensive, uh, a lot less offensive. So, you know, I guess, uh, you know, maybe I'm taking that Sundering for granted. Um, next up here, we have the Warrior Sons at seven points. They did get a one-point decrease, I believe. They have a five-move. They hit on threes with seven, six, four for their dice. They have a four up save and a five up morale. They have one ability, which is takes up the entirety of the other side of the card, which is called it's a the faith token mechanic. It's a battle prayer. This unit begins the game with one faith token. 
Each time it passes a morale test, it gains one faith token. Faith tokens may be expended to do the following. When an enemy is performing an attack on this unit, after rolling defense dice, this unit blocks one hit, plus one additional hit for each of its destroyed ranks. And then another option you can choose is when this unit... Uh, when this unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack dice, this attack gains sundering and may reroll any attack dice. So this uh, this unit I think is awesome. Uh, I think they did a great job uh, kind of changing this unit around. Um, you basically have a built-in hardened as long as you have a faith token to activate. The fact that you start with a faith token is really good too. Um, the Champion of the Faith isn't, uh, in my opinion, like an automatic for this unit, especially when it's so tempting to put the Champion of the Faith in the Poor Fellows. Uh, I mean, you could put them in both, but at some point, uh, if you put too many Champions of the Faith, you're just going to have so much like saturation of Panicked and Vulnerable that you're really going to lose out on the value from running them all. Granted, I guess you will be able to give yourself, you know, a ton of faith tokens. But, I mean, Sundering and Rerolls is amazing. Hardened is amazing. This is a seven-point unit with, uh, you know, hitting on threes with seven, six. I mean, four dice at last rank kind of hurts um, for a seven-point unit, that is. Uh, you know, four up, five up. I mean, this unit is just a super solid, strong unit. Um you know, especially if you do put the Champion of the Faith in here, throw uh, a Panicked and Vulnerable on the unit and then uh, at the start of the turn, and then charge in and get Sundering and Rerolls, I mean, uh, you're going to be able to do a lot of damage there, especially if you run um, the High Sparrow and give them uh, Insight, so that Vicious and attacking at highest attack die value. Uh, and then maybe champion the faith from like a poor fellow to make panic vulnerable. Now when you charge in, you're getting hitting on threes with uh, your highest attack dice, seven, sundering, vicious, and re-rolls, even if you ran over like a hindering piece. So this unit is going to be able to put out a lot of damage uh, if you really compound on the whole like faith uh, mechanic and like a faith style list. But even standalone, I think these guys are awesome at seven points. I know I, I have uh, – you can run um, this face. Uh, I like to run um, the Hound in here. You know, give them Fueled by Slaughter, and when you charge the unit, they become vulnerable. You know, now you got that rerolls and Sundering. Your opponent's vulnerable, and you're healing up uh, after attacking. Uh, I mean – you know, there's so many cool uh, combos you can kind of do with with this unit. Um, Justin, what do you think about these guys? I think this is a wonderful change to them. Um, I think it gets rid of the annoying part of them, which was they were, like, literally impossible to kill if they were almost dead. Now they're really hard to kill if they're almost dead, but they still have a four-up save. You just got to hit them more than four times. <laughs> um and I don't think four dice at last rank is bad at all. Uh, yeah, they're a seven-point unit, but, I mean, plenty of seven-point units have worse dice. Um, these guys, starting with the morale token, is great. Them going to seven points is great. 
their defense makes, like I said, it makes it to where they're they're not invincible, but that pseudo hardened is gonna be tough unless you really plan for it or you just soak up those uh, battle prayer tokens, the morale, the faith tokens. So I think I really like these guys. If I'm not mistaken, they went up to morale five. I might have missed you saying that. So that means they can also fail morale test, which is not necessarily thematic, but balance-wise, it's not bad. Uh, it's super good, but super failable, which is something to help counterbalance this craziness of theirs. Um, rerolling attack dice, sundering is awesome. Heck, uh, there may be a good combo. Well, obviously it's a good combo, but you might be able to build a pretty sweet list based around uh, Sparrow, NCU, Jockin, and these guys just to keep them on the field. Wait till your opponents, you know, got them down to a really low health and then heal them a ton and then heal them a ton and then heal them a ton. It'll be great. It'll be a good time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I like have a, a list. I think I actually have a list where it's Joffrey Commander in his Kingsguard, and then I got two Warrior Sons, and then two poor fellows with uh, Champions of the Faith in them. And uh, that way, you know, I just I have these, you know, tough, uh, you know, these two like cheap, like cheap like chaff units, but then like these three tough, uh, tough units to kind of crack through. Um, you know, so Warrior Sons, I think, great, uh, definitely a great uh, change. Uh, Vlad, what do I you think? think? Yes, uh, I I really love uh, the way they uh, uh, they were modified for the 2021 update. Uh, I'm a little afraid that uh, they've been too, too good for seven points. Uh, both abilities, the defensive one as the offensive, are too great. Uh, I played uh, a lot of games uh, with a uh, full faith uh, list where I, where I used two units of uh, sound, and I, I only lost a, a very good Night's Watch player. Uh, they can stick in combat uh, even if they are on their last. Uh, they can do a tough match. Um, that's why I think that maybe they are a little bit. Uh, they look like a 7.5 uh, unit. Uh, my favorite piece to put uh, this as an attachment is the is the mountain, the attachment version, not the commander version. It's uh, if you uh, do not uh, make your your moral test, you will succeed uh, and uh, if not, you'll have your fate token. Uh, yes, if 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 I can say that prepare uh, them from for several points um, in front of the, the Knights of Castle Rocks. Yeah, um, this is another unit that, you know, with the Knights being eight points and these guys being seven points, you know, I, like I was mentioning, I can run the Hound in here for the same point cost. Granted, you know, I am i don't have that maneuverability that the Knights have, but I don't know if, I mean, I guess it's hard to really compare. It really comes down to whether or not you feel like you need that maneuverability, because if you don't, um, 
I don't think the offensive potential of the Knights is near nearly as good as these guys, um, you know, because because of their uh, ability for the uh, tokens. Um, so next up we have the Red Cloaks. These guys have been the topic uh, of a lot of discussion uh, all over the internet. Uh, they are, I believe, in the newest wave of releases, so not a lot of people have gotten a chance to really throw them down and play with them yet. But, uh, you know, there's, nonetheless, there's been a lot of talk about them. So they have a five move. They hit on threes with seven, five, four, a four up defense and a six up morale. This unit, I believe, is six points. They have two uh, two base abilities, so no like icons or anything. First one is Fearless, uh, Evars, Avarice. While you control the wealth, this unit suffers minus one wound from failed panic tests. And then Lannister Justice. While you control the crown, each time this unit performs an action, before resolving that action, one enemy in long range suffers one panic test with minus one to the roll for each remaining rank in this unit. So, uh, Lannister Justice is, is like the main reason for the, um, for this, uh, unit kind of being the discussion on a lot of places. So, basically, um, you know, you're doing Lannister supremacy. I mean, you're you're not getting the extra wounds out of it, so it's still just a base D3 wounds without you know some outside effect. But I mean, if you have Joffrey, which I almost guarantee you're going to, because you want that crown all the time, you put Joffrey on a unit, he adds plus one wound on Phil Panics. So now, if you have enough red cloaks and you're doing minus three Panics. Uh, all to the same unit for constant D3 plus one, D3 plus one, uh, especially if they're conscripts or raiders. Now you're doing D3 plus two, D3 plus two, D3 plus two. Um, I mean, this can really get out of hand. I really, really wish that it was an order. Um, maybe uh, make it an order and buff it up a little bit. So like... Uh, keep it as is, but like give it a base plus one to the panic, so it's a D3 plus one, but you're only doing it once. Um, I don't know. I just think the fact that you can just do it over and over. I mean, I know it's only when you perform an action, but uh, another part of the topic uh, of debate is that a charge action being two actions. And so the argument being that it's two actions is one, if you look at the stakes uh, rules or the rules for the stakes, it specifies that when you charge over the stakes, you only take the damage once. Uh, people have argued that why would it need to say that if charge was only one action? Um, another part is that uh, the attack in a charge is an action. It's just basically like a free action that's given to you as part of the charge. Um, and so you would get to make your opponent take a minus three panic uh, when you are performing the charge. So before you actually move, then you'd move in. And then before you resolve your attack action, you would trigger another Lannister Justice. So now two panics there. Uh, and then 
let's say you put uh, Roos in here who has spread fear, you attack the unit, um, they fail their panic test because of intimidating presence. Now they're taking uh, another panic. Then you spread fear onto another unit. I mean, it gets a little silly with the number of times you could potentially make things take panic tests. And um, it will add up, and it will add up fast, especially if you're running a bunch of red cloaks everywhere, um, especially if you're running them with vets with intimidating presence, you know, for seven points. I mean, if this is a six-point unit hit on threes, that is, uh, if I recall, super rare. Um, I know there is, I think, one um, or two, but uh, – the overwhelming majority of six plus uh, or six point units hit on fours. Um, I know both of their abilities are situational, but when you have an NC like Joffrey, it's really not, in my opinion. I mean, you can turn them off with certain effects, but I mean, let's be honest, 90, 95% of the time, Joffrey's going to do what he does, and you're going to be able to constantly trigger Lannister justice. Um, with that rant over, uh, Justin, how do you feel about these guys? First thing to be said, these guys are super sweet looking. They're like one of my favorite sculpts in the game. Hat <laughs> maketh man, and I'm all about their hats. I don't like that one of the sculpts has his visor up. Doesn't make any sense. Put your visor down, bro. You're in battle. You'll look way cooler, too. <laughs> uh, but they're super cool looking. I love them. Um, I normally don't have, like, super strong opinions when it comes to things that divide community, like arguments and stuff. But I think there is... I mean, maybe I end up being wrong, but I think there's no way that they designed it with the intention of like, doing two panic tests on your charge. That is that is a silly design. When it comes to rules as written or whatever, sometimes you just don't need to reach that far. Uh, this is my opinion, though. Let that be known. I don't want to anger anybody, but it definitely seems to me that it would not be designed with them taking two panic tests. Otherwise, why would they not just put some text in there saying, like, how about your charge just does double panic damage or something like that. Um, with that being said, even if it's just one uh, panic test on the charge, I think this is a super solid unit. I like it a lot. I like units that uh, are reasonably themed around taking spots. Um, I don't really like... Um, uh, what's the ability called where you take the money and get a free attack? I always forget. Motivated by coin. Motivated by coin. I don't like that, not because it's a bad ability, but because you can literally only do it once, and there's a ton of stuff that gives it. Um, but I really, every other ability on units that buffs them when you take a zone, I like it a lot, because there's a lot of tactical and dynamic gameplay with it. And these guys have two abilities that I like a lot that do that. Their stats are, like, super averagely solid when it comes to defense and movement and all that stuff, and their attacks are really good for a six-point unit. Um there's really not much I don't like about these guys, aside from the fact that the community is divided with Lannister Justice. Yeah, I agree. I'd have to agree about the looks. These guys look amazing. I bought uh, two units the other day. Uh, finally got them magnetized. Can't wait to uh, prime them and you know kind of get them on the table. But they definitely look amazing. Um, if it wasn't for how you how much you can kind of abuse Lannister Justice, I love these guys. They're well designed, like you were saying. Adding like effects uh, that you get 
for a unit claiming zones rather than you know just tactics cards or NCUs or whatnot, but actual units getting like buffs, uh, kind of like the um, the units where they give you like highest attack, like um, the Stormcrow Lieutenant, you know, for example, you know, like stuff like that. You know, I love you know kind of oh, like yeah. you were saying buffs like that, and so. And I agree with the whole motivated by coin. It would be nice if maybe they just completely change it. You know, that way, if you have multiple motivated by coin, they'll all, uh, if you have the wealth zone uh, trigger. And I know free attack is strong, but I'd much rather it be just, I don't know, like plus two morale or something, you know, while yeah, you like control I don't, the wealth. Yeah, I don't like paying for a unit if I'm going to lose out on the efficiency of its abilities. Like, I would, I would really like to build a coherent, like, fully Stormcrow list, attachments, commander, everything. Um, but you're losing out on a lot of abilities that you're paying points for, and that's what I don't like about it. Exactly, yeah. Like you're, like you're saying, if you want to run a bunch of, uh, you know, Stormcrow mercenaries, you know, and they're all got motivated by coin or something, on top of running, is it Glory Seeker uh, or Fortune Seeker, whichever one gives you that. Fortune. And then there's other ways to... Yeah, and then there's other ways to get it. it. It just gets a little silly that you can have so many things that have that one same ability and only ever one of them can trigger it. So, yeah, I would definitely love it just kind of be changed to, I don't know, plus two morale or, like, heal when you activate, I don't know, something along just, those lines. Yeah, just just a small buff. Yeah, I would I would use it so much, yeah. Um, so... Vlad, what do you what are you kind of your thoughts about the red cloaks here? I guess besides the, the, the that are wonderful, uh, I really like their design space because uh, they synergize uh, with the two zones that uh, also buff your your tactics deck. Um, personally, I uh, won't play them uh, before I'm clarifying a bit about the free charge and uh, uh, the free charge, the charge action. And uh, I really think that they are good to be. I do not know that if they were meant to be as good as they look, uh, it's very easy to, to make them, uh, make them uh, their, their abilities work while having Joffrey every time. Uh, if it was an opponent, I would like to play uh, the Red Cloak uh, spam. That's, that's for sure. So uh, only, uh, only in this perspective, I think that uh, uh, something could be done to turn down a little bit their, their, their power, you know? Yeah. So... Moving on, this next one I think will be kind of quick because there's really not much to say about them. I think they're very perfectly uh, balanced, and, uh, I mean, they're just a great unit, and that's the Lannister Crossbowmen. I mean, they have a move of five. They have long range hitting on four, six, six, four. Uh, their melee is a five, five, four, three. Uh, five defense, seven up morale. They're a six-point unit. Their range attack is Sundering, and re-roll dice when attacking in short range. Um, yeah, I've played these guys a couple times now, and they've been perfectly where they need to be, I think. They they do, they're not, you know, game-changing, 
they're not, uh, but they're also not like, I'm like, why did I run this unit? They do just enough what I need them to do to be key uh, components in my list. And I just, you know, I, I really don't have uh, a lot to say about them because, you know, they're, they're really straightforward and they're, they're right where they need to be, in my opinion. Uh, Vlad, let's go with you first. What do you, what do you think about the crossbowmen? Okay, uh, very, very, it's very easy to compare them to the Night Watch crossbowmen, and uh, obviously you will uh, ask yourself for uh, one point uh, uh, how the other ones could be so great. Uh, honestly, <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, I. Um, I uh, think that uh, we have better options uh, in the seven-point units as the pyromancers or the bastard girls, and even the the normal archers can provide uh, you with thundering uh, or rolls uh, uh, on uh, depending on control. Uh, I'm afraid that. Uh, I'm them in the 2021 as much as you 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 play them. Uh, and uh, realistically speaking, uh, the only problem I have uh, besides uh, the don't get me wrong, I do not uh, want them to to go three plus on attack because uh, it will uh, that that would mean that everybody will fill up two, two units. Uh, uh, this uh, thing will uh, uh, favor uh, fa favor up the the easy play, but uh, uh, if you know uh, a crossbow, it's um, very hard to reroll reload. Re so in them uh, uh, rerolling dice on a short range. Uh, that uh, this unit can plus one to hit uh, while attacking in short range in the rerolls, you know? And maybe the rerolls uh, uh, being conditioned uh, if attacking uh, an enemy that uh, hasn't activated this uh, turn. That is my my point of view. So I, I definitely have to agree. Like, the four up to hit is something that Took a little getting used to for these guys, definitely, because you know being three up to hit for so long. Um, you're you had brought up the crossbowmen for Night's Watch, and I think that's a, a great uh, point to touch upon. Is that the builder crossbowmen? I think we all kind of understand that they're way too good, um, but I think the Lannister crossbowmen. Like I was mentioning, I think they're uh, right where they need to be. I think this unit, uh, the Lannister Crossbowmen, is a perfect uh, way to kind of take the Builder Crossbowmen and tone them down to be like, you know, use the Lannister Crossbowmen as the example. So, because I mean, I know we're comparing cross faction, but uh, I mean it's. I feel like I still got to do it. And that's, you know, you're gaining for one extra point, you're gaining plus one to hit on your range attack, plus one to hit on your melee attack, plus two to your morale, and an order for ready aim release to get a free attack if someone exactly. charges you in the front. 
That is a lot for one point. That is a lot. And I know it's cross-faction, but still, um, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. Something's got to change with the Builder Crossbowmen because the Lannister Crossbowmen think amazing uh, amazing balance right there. Um, Justin, what do you think? Uh, well, without getting into Builder Crossbowmen, I <laughs> think pretty much everything you guys said uh, really like hits home with me. I I feel like this is a unit, when you look at it on paper, you're not super impressed but I do get the feeling that when they play, they probably put in a little bit more work than you expect them to, because normally when you see a range unit hit on four, you shudder a little bit, you know, like, ah, I'm only getting, especially with six attacks, like I'm only getting three hits in, which could be true. Um, but those three hits could turn into six wounds because of panic and a range unit shouldn't be taking off like two ranks from a unit uh, when it shoots. That's, that's craziness. Um, so I, but then they have the ability to re-roll when you get close to them. That starts making a huge difference. Your three hits turn into potentially five hits. Five hits with Thundering right now is nothing to to not worry about. Um, it could be quite impressive. Um, they are harder to kill just by fact of things got less killy. So that's good. Uh, six points plus all the things that you can give them. Um, yeah, I think I think these guys... I'm gonna I'm gonna believe you when you say that they're they're in a really good spot. It's just it's hard to tell yeah. on the paper. I think. I think you know for those that are out there that are just having a hard time you know adapting to their change, maybe we'll we'll throw this out there. Maybe they need to go to like seven seven four because they hit on fours. I don't know. Uh, I think I think that would be a nice compromise. Um, you know because. You know, we're the, let's say, the threes, so it's really not that big a deal that they have only six dice. Uh, whereas if you're hitting on fours, like you were saying, on average, you're hitting with three. But they have the Sundering, so it's not as much of a problem compared to some of the other range units out there. Uh, with that said, we'll move on to, uh, we only have a couple more here, the House Clegane Mountainsmen. Uh, they have a five, five move. They hit on fours with seven, five, four. They have a 4-up defense with a 7-up morale. They have Marauder's Blades, which gives them critical blow, and they gain plus 1 to hit and vicious when attacking enemies with fewer remaining ranks. And they've gained Prey on Fear. Each time an enemy engaged with this unit fails panic test, this unit restores 2 wounds. Now, I'm going to have to throw this out there. Out of all 2021, this is my biggest disappointment. I really do not like this unit. I, I'll throw, I'll say it because of this. Um, I love the House Clegane uh, sub faction in the Lannisters. I love how it's so much more different of a playstyle for the Lannisters than anything else you can do because it just adds that uh, super aggressiveness. But the what they've done to the Mountains Men has turned them into a support unit. So, with that said, this unit as a one of is strong. It's great. It's fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this unit as a one of. You can't really bunch of these guys because you kind of want them to run into a unit you've already engaged and skimmed a rank off of and really get that plus one hit and vicious to kind of put them back to the way they were, which was, you know, three up to hit, critical blow and vicious. But 
But yeah, I just um, I don't like that the only House Clegane unit in the game, as we know of right now, nothing's been said or released or leaked or previewed. Um, so this is all we have to go on. But uh, the fact that they're a support bothers me. Uh, they should be like a mainstay. They should be something that you don't mind running two or three of them and then running a couple other things and then throwing the hound and the mountain in them to just make everything Clegane. Uh, I think uh, these guys, like I said, as is, they're fine as like a one-of. You know, they're, they'd have a perfect role as a one-of. But, I mean, my wife, you know, sh her favorite unit is this unit and she was upset when I told her that, you know I showed her the unit and she was like uh, so you know she owns six of them <laughs> six of this unit because you know she would just run six of them her commander uh, and then because um, six times six 36 and then she'd run uh, the high sparrow and then another NCU and then that way she could still have uh, um, eight activations but, uh, but yeah, it, I that's my only real disappointment. Um, other than that, I guess I really don't have to say much. Prey on Fear is nice. Uh, it helps keep them at higher ranks to then trigger the Marauder's Blade. It makes it makes sense. It just I don't know this the way they're built. The fact that you want to attack things with fewer remaining ranks makes it a support unit. Makes it a unit that wants to jump in on a combat that had already been going on. Um, but with that said, uh, Justin, what do you think? Uh, I think I can probably agree with you that in the sense that this unit seems more supporty. I'll say, uh, so when I used to play against them in 1.6, I would be eh, kind of thrilled to see a bunch of them on the other side of the field because I knew I could kill them pretty quick, especially as neutrals, just tons of damage with a 4 of save and a 7 morale. They they do melt like wax paper under the right pressure. Um, now that's changed once again with the less killy things out there. So this prey on fear is a little more valuable because I can kind of make the comparison before uh, like prey on fear and cutthroats didn't work. It kind of works now, but not super well. At, but that's because they have a five on save. It hundred percent did not work before. I don't care. Like, you get attacked, and you're down to four attacks. You got Prey on Fear. That's great. You're not – it doesn't matter how many you get back. You're dead the next attack anyways. These guys <laughs> now, Prey on Fear might work because that four-up save can go a long way. Um, and then having crit with seven dice sitting on fours, it's not bad. Like, I would say if you take away the plus one hit and Vicious, I would consider this a five-point unit, like, perfectly balanced. Um, but, yeah – uh, I don't know, but I think them being six points and more or less, like, a lot of the time, they're just going to be seven dice hitting on fours with crit, which is fine, but it's not necessarily worth six points, especially when you look at the newest six-point unit that we just talked about. Um, yeah, these guys, like, they'll do some work, like you said, against the weekend unit, but Clegane lists with, mountain, like, three mountainsmen in it is going to fewer than it was before. I don't I don't think they're in a bad spot. I just think there's better options when you look at things in a like point efficiency cost sense. Yeah. 
and that kind of also lends to what I was saying that they're more of like support in the sense that you might want to run one of them, you know, but because there's so many other tempting options in no way would I ever run more than one. And with that said, again, a Clegane themed list now, you know, I mean, you could still get a decent amount of Clegane units. You have one of these, they have the hound in one and then the mountain in one. So now you have three Clegane units for your card effects, but I don't know, like, for a more casual game, if you want to just be, like, thematic in the sense that you wanted all Clegane, uh, I mean, I couldn't see myself running more than one of these units, unfortunately. Uh, Vlad, what do you think about uh, these guys here? Yeah, um, I remember in the vision of the games when Michael Chanel first spoke about them. They, they didn't show them, but they, he spoke about them. And he presented them as the rule of the faction that will uh, always have uh, some bonuses uh, uh, while attacking uh, units with fewer men. Uh, uh, you guys uh, said that you see seen them like as a um, uh, good uh, support unit. Uh, strange enough, I, 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 they become very... Uh, they should be uh, your first pick while attacking cavalry and solos. Uh, they can uh, uh, go from uh, their first attack. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I understand while you go while saying they do not feel as thematic as before. Uh, but uh, while attacking prisons, uh, they will be excellent finishers. Uh, the prey and fear uh, ability also uh, is not an order, so triggers games uh, per per turn uh, while uh, using different effects uh, as a spreader. Uh, the crown, uh, you know, rules Bolton that can make another panic test. So uh, these guys uh, could uh, uh, reach wounds very easily uh, doing that. And uh, that's uh, that's about all that I can say. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some cool tricks you can kind of do with the prey on fear, like throwing Ramsey Commander in there, giving him the uh, visage to potentially heal too. But I mean, if you're, I mean, it'll. There's definitely ways to make them more useful, but. I'm. I guess I'm just coming at it more from like a thematic Clegane, like all Clegane. So I would love to see, uh, like, an, if another Clegane unit came out and it was not support. So like, if they have like a cavalry, it's probably still more of a support. You're not going to want to run a bunch of them. But if they came out with, let's say, another infantry, kind of like how Umber has two infantry units, um, just like with a different role. Uh, let's say they came with Vicious instead of gaining Vicious uh, or something along those lines, and they were more of a, you know, not a support, more of like a mainstay, then, I mean, it wouldn't be as big of a deal that these guys are more support style. But we'll see uh, how that kind of unfolds. I mean, Simon definitely has a lot more uh, insight, you know, there's, you know, with everything coming down in the pipeline. Uh, next up, we have Gregor Clegane, the mountain that rides. So he has a four-inch four move now. He hits on threes with three dice. He has a two-up save and a four-up morale. 
he has four wounds and gets that free maneuver activation, uh, both of which are the in, in, under the innate ability. He has the melee effect of cleaving blows. When charging, he gains critical blow. And then defenders do not roll defense dice, which is all the time. And he also has intimidating presence. Enemies engaged with this unit, unit suffer minus one morale test rolls and plus one uh, wound when failing panic tests. Uh, four points. I really like him at four points. He gives uh, Lannisters uh, a nice, you know, maneuverable, uh, cheap unit, kind of like how some other factions have. Uh, the Marshal for Night's Watch, the uh, Dragonstone Noble for Baratheons. I think, uh, you know, he's he's definitely a great purchase. Um, I know he's not technically out yet for retail, but, you know, uh, I mean, you can pretty much just use the Clegane Butcher, you know, proxy, proxy him for that because the Clegane Butcher can't be a solo. So, I mean, it should be pretty easy to, uh, you know, proxy that. It, it would be hard to confuse it since, like I was saying, the Clegane Butcher doesn't have a solo, solo option. So, but two up save, I mean, four wounds, yeah. I mean, you can get this guy in the flank with a vulnerable and probably take him out in one go. But uh, if you're careful with this guy, taking him out is going to be pretty tough, uh, you know, without multiple swings. And then if you're ca uh, careful and maybe run high sparrow NCU, you can really just heal this heal him back up, especially with the intimidating presence. You can really help ensure that uh, whatever it is that you put the high sparrow on fails those panic tests and with that plus one wound helping ensure that you just continuously heal uh, the mountain here. Um, so yeah, I think very strong four point uh, investment. Uh, what do you think, Justin? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, the mountain that rides has always been like a, a terrifying factor for a lot of people. Um, in the right situation, you can easily kill him. And, yeah, I do mean easily because he's a solo. He's not got a big train. You can get him in the rear, and he's only got four wounds and luck and dice and blah, blah, blah. However, it is really upsetting when this dude just, like, cleaves through your dudes, and he's just this tiny dude. It's crazy. And now, more so <laughs> than before, Intimidating Presence is a wonderful ability. It is potentially my favorite new ability, period, and maybe my favorite ability in the entire game. It's super simple. I love it. It's great. Um, it's powerful, but I don't think it's overly powerful. However, I'm probably slightly biased. Just, just FYI. Um, <laughs> I, I like it a ton. Um, I like this guy a ton. I think he's great. Just a quick, you know, easy three dudes killed plus the panic test from this little guy. Four points is, like, it's almost a five-point unit, and obviously he has significantly less wounds. But having the having something that's four points or three points, I don't think there's anything that's really three points anymore when it comes to activations. But uh, having stuff under five opens up your list to other things, which is huge. Yep. And you know, wolves three points, but unless you're running your commander at one as your commander, you're technically kind of paying more uh, for the activation itself. Maybe not like for the unit, because obviously you're getting the benefits of the attachment. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, the lowest you're looking at is four, which I, I think is a good thing. Uh, three point uh, activations is a little much, I think, especially if they're not unique, like let's say the, the watch captain or, uh, um, 
the unsullied off officer or just anything that isn't um, unique that you could just run a bunch of. I think four points should be like the minimum for, you know, almost everything to get an activation. Um, Vlad, what do you what do you think about the mountain here? First of all, uh, the Lannisters do not have a lot of um, uh, fantasy uh, uh, that uh, that uh, are in uh, in this faction. So, uh, in my point of view, uh, the Pyromancer, the Mountains, are for the moment the two fantasy units that fill that place. Uh, in the previous version, uh, he was subject uh, several uh, disputes be between me and my uh, my opponent because uh, he, he was so, so strong. <laughs> uh, never tried him in the 2021. Uh, I I think that all I, I that he has to do uh, as better as 50% of a giant or a dragon. I think now he, he feels that, uh, that place. Uh, for four points, I really think that he he does what half of a, a dragon should do. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, the more I'm looking at a lot of the stuff, Lannisters have a lot of anti-armor. Uh, they have, like you're saying, pyromancers and the mountain that rides straight up ignoring defensive saves. You have, uh, um, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the Knights of Castle Rock have Sundering all the time. The Warrior Sons can have Sundering pretty much all the time. And the Halberdiers have Sundering all the time. The Crossbowmen have Sundering all the time. I mean, literally, this faction has so much anti-armor, it's insane. Uh, and then with that said, segueing over to our last uh, topic here, uh, or the last unit, we have the Kingsguard, uh, and, which is funny because you, as one of their Bar uh, Baratheon banners, can give them Sundering. Uh, they have a 5 move with a 2 up to hit, 7-7 seven, seven for their dice, 3 up, uh, three up armor, and a 5 up morale. Uh, they have an innate ability, which is Joffrey's Retune. Ret I always get that word wrong. Um, <laughs> retinue. Uh, the unit has eight models, including Joffrey, eight wounds, and two ranks. It's kind of funny that they, like, double down on trying to explain that. But <laughs> it is what it is. Um, you know, it's better to be a little more, you know, have a little more clarity than uh, make it ambiguous. Uh, they have the ability Counter-Strike. Each time this unit is attacked with a melee attack, for each miss, the attacker suffers one hit. And Iron Resolve. This unit gains plus one of panic test rolls and suffers minus one wound when failing panic tests. So the five-up morale was a little weird, but the fact that, you know, they probably didn't want them to have a three-up morale because they wanted to give them that Iron Resolve. So I have a feeling that they made them a five-up because they wanted the designated number for the morale to be a four, but they also wanted that minus one. Um, I think a, a great combo with this is running uh, Maimed Jamie for that minus one to hit, uh, so that you way cannot, you can add to that counter-strike. You cannot. Oh, no, you cannot, no, yep, uh, you're correct. Yep, because Jamie's in the Kingsguard, uh, which is weird, because yeah. I don't think uh, he's... 
so I guess he is a king's guard while he's captive. Like they never, they don't replace him. So I guess it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I apologize. I, I missed that part. Yeah. So you can't run main Jamie for that combo, uh, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, uh, six point unit and, uh, it comes with the Baratheon banners. So you get four of them. The King's Guard come with four Baratheon banners at the start of its activation and may remove a Baratheon's banner to gain the following. Each may be selected only once per activation. This turn, this unit's attacks gain Critical Blow and Sundering. This unit's attacks gain Vicious, and if the defender fails their panic test, they suffer plus one wound. This turn, when this unit is performing an attack before rolling attack dice, the defender becomes panicked and weakened. Or... This unit restores two wounds and may reroll charge and retreat distance dice this turn. So I love the new change to the banners, uh, mostly for that last one. The restoring two wounds is a big deal. You know, only having eight wounds, even with a three-up save and a five-up morale, you know, minus one to the wounds for failing, uh, it's big. I mean, even with the ability to heal with that Baratheon banner, I almost never... Uh, build a list with the King's Guard and not run Tycho, just because I want to make sure that they don't have some big play that's going to knock down, knock me down to let's say three wounds, two wounds. You know, I want to make sure that this unit survives because uh, this is a big reason why Joffrey has all or the big reason why this unit only costs six points is because you know Joffrey has those downsides with his Taxis cards. And then Joffrey himself, if you kill him, gives two, up two victory points. So I really want to make sure this unit survives. But overall, I love I love this unit. Um, two up to hit with seven up, seven up, or I'm uh, sorry, two up to hit with a seven seven. So always having seven dice, um, you know, I think is awesome. I, I like this unit a lot, uh, and you know, it's definitely put in a lot of work in all the games I've played with and against it. Um, Justin, what do you think about this unit? I think this is probably what they... So this is a unit that is the centerpiece for your army. Uh, they were... Re- like th- The way I've seen them played before was the list kind of revolves around them just doing the work and everything else just kind of being annoying. Uh, and they're still doing exactly that, except now they're 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 sticking around. Uh, the idea of them has stayed the same, which is great. Um and Counter Strike is awesome as always. Iron Resolve is great on them because, like, Panic doing only D3. Now it's doing zero to two wounds. That's sweet. Um, yeah, they're they're not going anywhere anytime fast. You got to work for your extra points if you want them, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, one thing that comes to mind, I know I already slightly mentioned it, you know, because I would love to see commanders have a way to ignore expert duelists. I think if anything in this game should be allowed to do that, it should be this unit. Not just because getting two victory points for an expert duelist swing is huge, but I mean, this is the King's Guard. That is their job. Like, in no way should they be letting Joffrey duel someone. (laughs) Like, I don't know. <laughs> does that does that make sense to you, Justin? Like, or am I just kind of crazy? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe you're a little crazy, but <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I would love to see that be like one of the rule. If 
if CMON doesn't add something like that in the rules that a commander can like deny it or take D3 auto wounds for, to deny it, uh, an expert duelist, I'd love to see the King's Guard just have another ability because they do have space if they if they put it in at the at the bottom there to just simply say that uh, you know you can't snipe attachments in this unit or something. I don't know, um, but. That's just a little, you know, especially because, you know, Joffrey has downsides to get this unit, and there should be maybe a little more bonuses to him. But, I don't know. Otherwise, I love this unit. I love the concept, uh, and I think uh, Simon did a good job. Uh, with that said, uh, Vlad, uh, what are your kind of final thoughts here with this unit? Yes, uh, it's. Uh, I, I find it um, hard to talk about uh, the Kings without uh, talking about uh, Joffrey's... Uh, uh, tactics because they're, uh, uh, they stick, uh, he sticks with uh, this unit, he has to go inside. Uh, as you said, it, uh, it's a beautiful piece of design and uh, I really like that unit like this is in the game and the concept like this is the first impression of uh, high risk, high reward, uh, undoubtedly the best six points unit in the game, uh, I, I I won't agree with you about the fourth uh, flag that was changed. I prefer the the free work there are like the situation you could. Uh, as Sorry, a, you're, uh, you're breaking up. What was that? You don't agree with what? The fact that you prefer the fourth. Uh, that uh, now you them. Uh, you're you breaking up again. Sorry, I can hear oh. you now. Uh, what were you saying? Yeah, oh, the fourth flag that, uh, gives the, the unit. Uh, oh, the fourth flag. Uh, yes, two wounds. I I I, said I prefer the, the 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 free maneuver on their activation like that. Could uh, use this unit as a cavalry, a sure uh, long distance charge. Uh, I would really love to see uh, the uh, design space in uh, in other units on, or in other concepts uh, in this game that can uh, show high risk, high, high reward uh, uh, situation. You know? Yeah. Actually, the more you you mention that, I would actually have inst maybe instead of. Uh, um, the the wound the healing uh, it would still be cool to kind of see the maneuver added back but it would be kind of yeah. cool to because instead of restoring wounds um maybe give the unit resilience uh for the turn and change it instead of choosing one when the unit activates just at the start of any turn you can use one but you can only use one and it only lasts for the turn so that way you can use like you go okay start of the enemy turn I'm going to use a flag I'm going to give my unit resilience um and I think that would make a little more sense because uh you know you know these are unique characters so like killing them like they you shouldn't be able to like have more just fill in the ranks by healing them with this ability whereas resilience gives them that defensive buff while uh you know preventing the wounds from ever happening, you know, showing that the, the King's Guard are resilient. 
but yeah, I definitely agree. I, losing that maneuver part definitely um, hurts. Maybe change it to a shift, uh, like a free three-inch shift uh, at the start of a turn, and you know you could have uh, have that be one, have the resilience be one, and uh, have two be offensive. Um, but uh, yeah. I, at that point, it's just a nitpicking, I guess, because I think this unit is still awesome, but it, it is kind of sad to see that maneuver part go. Um, but I do yeah. like that they have that defense. You know, healing two wounds, I, I can't complain too much because it's, um, it's definitely nice to have it's that uh, it's very survivability. Yes, it's, very it's very useful, yeah. but uh, as we know, the, the Lannisters had um, maneuverability, never had uh, so uh, it was your only way to 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 have more maneuverability, uh, except uh, using uh, cavalry units, you know. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, that's why I, I preferred it. I preferred the previous version. Yeah. Yeah, I think like a three-inch shift would make more sense. Um, you know, because a lot of things got, you know, their maneuver stuff taken away, especially because, you know, the Kingsguard are pretty high, uh, heavily armored. So being able to get, like, a whole free maneuver seemed like kind of a lot. Uh, maybe change it to something kind of like the the Night's Watch have, where uh, Watcher on the wall, so they could pivot first, then shift three. So it's not an actual maneuver, uh, but they're still getting that pivot to help uh, help with the maneuverability. But um, again, I think uh, I think this unit is still awesome, uh, and at that point, it's just kind of wish listing. Uh, but with that said, that kind of wraps up uh, everything we have uh, for tonight. That wraps up part one of three of a three-part show. Next show, we will have uh, all of the attachments uh, on there, but Lannisters, with all the Kingsguard, they have so many attachments, so um, that's why Lannisters definitely had to be a three-parter, I think, because, you know, as we've seen with the other ca uh, factions we've done so far, the commanders definitely, with all the tactics cards we have to go through, definitely take their own show. So, um, yeah, again, with that said, uh, that kind of wraps up the show. I want to thank you all for, you know, listening in. Uh, Vlad, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to do a couple shout-outs, uh, you know, now that we have a little extra time to spare here. Definitely go check out some of the other content creators. You know, we all do this for you guys. A um, uh, couple of ones that I want to shout-out is, uh, again, Sunday Slaughter amazing show uh they do a podcast and they do he has a youtube channel with battle reports and other videos that he is diving into so definitely go check that out um george from three sales gaming awesome guy just amazing content um you have uh, a song of ice and fire stats.com they have uh you know they have a podcast i believe as well uh, that they do every so often and they have, uh, of course, a song of IceFireStats.com where you can go and, you know, sign up and input all your games to kind of, you know, uh, keep, you know, keep track of your own personal record. You know, maybe a goal, give yourself to just kind of improve on that. And, you know, if you're into kind of, uh, you know, improving yourself as a player, uh, you can 
or just throw in your, you know, throw your stuff in there just to kind of see how your own commander's doing. Maybe you see a commander that you love doing poorly on stats, you know, get a bunch of games in with that commander and just try to boost his stats, try to prove prove uh, everyone wrong about that commander. I know uh, back in 1.6, you know, uh, for a long time, Blackfish was rated, you know, like second worst commander in the whole game on stats. And, you know, I'm telling you, Blackfish was amazing at one in 1.6. You just, you had to play him a certain way. Um, and, you know, he shot up there. He wasn't, you know, the best commander ever. For being second to worst, he shot way up there. So definitely go check out a Song of Ice and Fire stats.com. You can definitely, uh, you can, if you run events, you can use their program to input all the data. That way you can get your tournaments uh, stats put on there and kind of have your tournaments, um, you know, add to the results. Uh, and every little bit uh, helps. With that said, I'm uh, going to move on to another shout-out I have, which is uh, a tournament coming up in, uh, I believe, Lake, Gene- Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Uh, let me look up the details real quick uh, so I can give all of them to you. I'll be posting this on our page, so definitely go you know, go check out our Facebook page if you want uh, some more info on that. Uh, I apologize. It may take me a second here. It looks like okay. It's uh, called. It's at the convention Dragonfall, in uh, some place uh, that I need to look up for a second here. Um, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. It is on October 23rd. There is limited space, so definitely uh, sign up as quick as you can. Uh, I'd hate for you know someone to miss out on the event. Um, I think they're doing pre uh, pre tickets right now, which will be, I believe, a bit cheaper. Um, so definitely go check that one out. With everything kind of opening back up, and we got big tournaments coming, you know, you know, if you're looking to travel, I would definitely recommend it. It's being run by uh, Marty. Uh, he ran um, a bunch of the events that were held in Indianapolis, and uh, he's done events for a long time for Adepticon and other big events. So definitely, you know, I know for a fact if he's running it, it's going to be an amazing event, great time. He's, you know, he's an awesome guy, and he he does so well with uh, running events. So if, you've, if you're looking to kind of make a trip somewhere, definitely uh, keep that one in mind. Uh, again, thank you so much, uh, Vlad, for coming on. Um, I believe... Uh, You'll probably be on for part two, uh, but you know, once it gets closer, I don't want to, you know, force you into any any commitment. But I, I'll definitely be looking forward to having you on for part two. Yes, thanks a lot for inviting me. Uh, it meant the, a lot to me to to join your show. Uh, I'll do my best to 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 participate on a future discussion. Yes. Uh, if I can say that uh, after this uh, amount of time in lockdown, it's uh, uh, very uh, good to to uh, uh, be able to go to tournaments, and uh, you have to <laughs> profit of any moment you have to to play some games. Uh, I can hardly wait that uh, the new um, uh, 
these cards will be printed. So uh, we'll see if uh, this was the final uh, adjust adjustment or not. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, thank you one more time for inviting me. Yeah, of course. And like I said, uh, I can't wait to have you on for part two if uh, if you're able to make it on. Um, but with that said, everybody, again, 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 I appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, you know, I do this for you guys. You know, I I love doing it, and you know, I if anyone uh, finds enjoyment in it, and that's that's enough for me. Um, you know, and. Like I said, definitely check out those other content creators. And then if you guys ever know of a maybe an up-and-coming content creator, definitely uh, you know, send me their, their info. I would love to shout them out on here. You know, I'll check out their, their page and you know, you know, check out their content. And then another thing, uh, I'm always looking forward to you know, shouting out other stuff. If you guys have an event, maybe even just a gaming group that you want me to shout out, uh, you know, maybe others... Uh, are looking for groups, you know, let me know. And I would love to shout them out on here. You never know, you know, it might get, you know, maybe just one extra person. It may, it may get you a whole nother group to come to your event. Uh, I know uh, the guys from Ohio and Indianapolis and then us uh, here in the Chicagoland area and up like in Wisconsin, uh, like we we go to each other's events a lot. And, you know, it, it makes our events big because, you know, we're, we're always looking forward to going to each other's events. We make uh, trips out of it. And, uh, you know, you never know th what kind of groups that you might run into. So if you have an event, you know, I'd be glad to, uh, to shout it out on here. So just send, send me, uh, you know, maybe a private message or uh, either through uh, my Facebook page or the Small Counselor Facebook page um, or via Messenger. Uh, either way, you know, again, I'd love to shout it out for you guys. You know, it's it's definitely no problem. Um, any big event, even if it's just a local thing where you do it once a month, kind of like uh, we do out here, you know, I'll shout it, big or small, I'll shout it out. If you have a game store you want me to shout out, I'll do that too. So, um, you know, if uh, you guys have anything of that sort, just let me know. If you have maybe an Etsy store where you do custom work, um, you know, again, I'll shout that out. Which, with that said, definitely check out uh, Vampire uh, Creations. They're an awesome site. That's where I get all my tokens from. Um, they're on Etsy, and they have their own uh, web page. So, uh yeah, I guess uh, with that said, I'll I'll end it there. You know, all the shout outs I could I could keep going on with how awesome this community is, but um, yeah, I'll definitely leave it there. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This is the Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed.